everyone, and welcome to the Texas Hemp Coalition podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Nolan, an executive director of the Texas Hemp Coalition. And today we have our special guest, Ms. Shada Tarabi, who is the CEO and co-founder of Restart CBD, host of the To Be Blunt podcast, and also a board member for the Texas Hemp Coalition. Shada, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me, Alyssa. I'm really excited to be a part of, obviously, Texas Hemp Coalition and to be a guest now on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. I very much enjoyed being a guest on your podcast. And uh, that's part of the reason you're now one of our board members. So it's really fun to kind of do this on this side of things so people can learn more about you and what you're doing in the hemp space. Thank you. Yeah, it's always fun to get to like trade spaces and get to be a little bit um, more on the storytelling side from my own personal journey. So yeah, happy to answer questions and connect with the listeners. I think for me, just to kind of kick it off for everybody listening, you know, there's obviously like the conversation we're having, which is a little bit more condensed, but I'm the type of person that loves to connect with people. So as people are listening and they feel questions come up or want to reach out, like, please feel free to reach out and connect socially in person, you know, whatever the case may be. I love to help inspire and educate the next generation of, you know, cannabis business owners and people in our industry. Yeah. So let's get started. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about restart to be blunt and give our listeners just a little taste of shade of Tarabi. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, I'll start off by sharing. I'm a born and raised Austinite. So Texan obviously, but Austin really is my hometown. And I've had the pleasure and the fortunate, you know, experience of growing up and watching Austin develop as a city that um, opened up opportunities for me specifically in live music. That was kind of my background. And I think that, you know, cannabis and live music for sure go hand in hand, especially if you, you know, like to partake in particular type of cannabis products. But my real introduction into hemp came a little bit later in my life. Um, Graduated with a degree in marketing, communications, went and got my master's in business and was working in kind of traditional technology. So I love marketing, but I also come from like technology and platforms and also like a layer of like corporate technology. So had that kind of understanding, but the company that I joined was also a startup. So I also got kind of like a front row seat to watching this startup company grow from being, I was employee 13 to when I exited, I was about six years later and the company was about a thousand employees. So it certainly, you know, gave me that front row experience, like watching someone else build a company, um, gave me a lot of front row experience to just like wearing different marketing hats. And so it gave me that, you know, hindsight also to kind of like think of what could I do if I wanted to like go and bring my, you know, personal ideas to market and build a business. But there wasn't really, you know, something that I had kind of my eye on of like, oh, I want to go to market and bring this particular product to market. And so while I was working for that company, I was actually in a car accident in Austin. I was hit by a vehicle as a pedestrian. I fractured my pelvis in two places and I was going through traditional recovery. Like most people, I'm sure listening who have experienced chronic pain or have gone through an accident, you know, you get prescribed pain medication, you go through physical therapy, you might be introduced, you know, steroid injections. And so those were all very traditional recovery methods that were presented to me. I'm really fortunate because my parents are very open-minded, especially growing up here in Texas, specifically related to cannabis, where I was eight months post-accident. My mom was like, have you heard of CBD? And this was in 2015. And, you know, for like spectrum 2015, there really was no CBD cannabis market. Um, hemp was not federally legal. Hemp was not state legal. And so there weren't really brands that I could go 
really like learn from or get a better understanding of hemp and CBD. And so for us as a family, I will also kind of caveat, I am the firstborn daughter of three siblings. And so I feel like that role in my family, I'm very trusting of my parents. And so my mom was like, you like cannabis in other, you know, ways, shapes, and forms. Have you heard of CBD? And I remember thinking like, nobody's talking about this. There's no market for it. Like what the hell is CBD? And she was very persistent and encouraging me really to kind of pursue that plant-based medicine route. And so I just willingly, and, you know, in trusting my mother decided to take these homemade formulations. She was making me CBD oils and topicals and vape products at the time, because I do enjoy, you know, smoking cannabis. I think it's one of the most bioavailable ways to experience the plant. And so it's like, you know, one of those things, like it was my preference. I liked doing it. And within a couple of weeks, I was just transformed from managing my pain, being able to, you know, eventually wean off of my pain medication and stop going to get steroid injections and things like that. And so we, as a family became very comfortable, very much in support of CBD, but again, there really was no market. So I would go on to, you know, have other kind of jobs and roles in the professional technology and marketing industry. And we decided kind of to launch restart CBD almost like, I think people sometimes want a more glamorous, like entrepreneurial story of like, Oh, I had this amazing idea and I needed to bring it to market. Like, no, we just like had this homemade family formulation my mom was making. And because my background is in tech and platforms, I know how to make websites and I love branding. And so that was really what my middle sister, Sydney and I kind of put our heads together and decided to do. It was this really, you know, kind of simple idea really of, well, we'll make a product, you know, we'll basically brand the product that my mom was making for me and we'll make a website and we'll see if we sell a few bottles here and there. I'm not quitting my job by any means. I'm not going into cannabis full-time. Like this isn't really a thing that I see has legs. And so we launched the brand Restart CBD in August of 2018, predominantly doing e-commerce and predominantly doing like pop-ups in our gyms. But we learned really quickly on that one e-commerce is really challenging, which is with payment merchant services and different integration, you know, touch points, as well as consumers really don't and didn't love the idea of like shopping for cannabis online. It was very nuanced. There wasn't a lot of education around it at the time, especially. And so because we were doing these pop-ups in our local gyms through like the wellness and health community, people were really curious and they would like come to us and ask us questions. And we started being seen as these educators in this space. And so that gave us a little bit of momentum to continue to kind of like build the brand up. And I ended up getting laid off of my full-time job, which I don't wish upon anyone, but I'm a spiritual person. And I believe that, you know, everything kind of happens for a reason. And I had almost been, you know, praying for, the next opportunity or like for like, you know, kind of like, where's my path going to kind of course me around in life. And so it just kind of happened, you know, we had launched restart, I believe in August, 2018, it had just gone federally legal in June of 2018. And then Texas went, or sorry, I think it went legal in August of 2018. And then it went Texas legal in June of 2019. So there were some moments in there where The market wasn't really legal, but it wasn't illegal as I like to highlight. And so definitely also reflecting on like, I remember kind of looking around at other brands, other businesses in the space, and it was so scarce. Like there wasn't really anybody I could learn from. And so I think that also was a little challenging in the beginning, but also really exciting for us because we were really able to like be disruptors in this space. And so very humble beginnings, um, got laid off of my job, had an opportunity to open up a storefront in the front of my parents' insurance agency in North Austin off Burnett road and started selling, you know, at the time we were selling isolate based products because we saw the few people who were talking about CBD were really, um, 
harping on full spectrum being kind of this end all be all and any other isolate product was in superior. And I just don't really believe that. I fully believe all these different cannabinoids and terpene combinations, like there's so many of them. And like the end consumer should have the control and the understanding and the education to kind of like find the right product. So if you don't like smoking, don't feel like you need to smoke cannabis. If you right. want to, you know, pursue an isolate product because you're getting drug tested. Like I would hope that brands, and at the time we observed too, we're selling full spectrum, telling consumers, oh, you're not going to fail a drug test. And like, mm-hmm. I think everybody can concur in 2021, like trace amounts of THC is trace amounts of THC, even though it's federally legal, it can yes. build up in your system differently. And so again, we really launched with this isolate based CBD line oils only, and just started talking to consumers and creating content and being seen as these women who were really knowledgeable about cannabis, family owned, sister owned, local owned. And like with my accident story, it just really resonated with people. And so we were really fortunate to just kind of be speaking really authentically about a topic that people were really, you know, curious, but also concerned about, especially here in Texas with the stigma of will CBD get me high, you know, and that was definitely one of the first questions we started like addressing and dealing with, but yeah, I mean, now we're about to celebrate three years in business in August of 2021. Congratulations. Thank you. Voted the number one CBD brand um, by the Austin Chronicle. And we have an amazing, you know, great community of consumers and customers, lots of really great reviews and testimonies of people who have really had their lives transformed by getting introduced to CBD. And we're just really grateful to be um, Texans first and foremost, getting to help champion this plant in a state as big as Texas, but obviously we're a little bit further behind compared to some of our neighboring states in terms of like mass cannabis adoption and destigmatization and legalization. And so through my journey building restart, it's just given me other opportunities. I launched a cannabis marketing podcast last year called to be blunt because I'm a marketer and I love, you know, kind of addressing it from a business and professional perspective and being able to highlight those conversations and join Texas hemp coalition board, you know, thanks to your invitation and just being able to kind of sit in a position to help influence again, policies and advocacy on behalf of this plant, because it has been just stigmatized so heavily for the past, you know, 20 years. And uh, we have a lot of work to do, but it's again, yeah, really exciting to be a woman in this industry and to be on the forefront of kind of helping have these conversations. Because at the end of the day, I always stand by, you know, I'm doing this for the consumer. I'm doing this for like that one person that I can leave an impression on to have a better experience with cannabis. I'm not saying everybody needs to, you know, subscribe to high Delta nine THC lifestyles. Um, I still do personally enjoy consuming Delta nine THC. I go to Colorado a lot. Um, but those are, you know, the spectrum of conversations that you're able to have when you have someone who is kind of curious. And so that's really where I try to exist high quality products, education forward, and just really being a friendly resource for people through their cannabis journey. No, I, I think y'all do such a wonderful job and, and everyone that's listening, if you go follow restart, um, you can see the wonderful reels that they do. They're excellent at marketing from Shada's background, and they're really good at education, which we think is really important in this field is not just um, educating consumers, but also educating our industry. So I wanted to ask you from your marketing perspective and your background, what do you feel like is the most important um, part for you as an educator in the community, as a store owner, as a retailer? Yeah, I think for me, you know, one realizing and always operating as like I'm being educated still, you know, I'm still a student. And so I think marketing is such an interesting position in our industry because so often 
we are dealing with, you know, butting up against marijuana being a schedule one drug. And so you have to deal with the FDA regulations. You have to deal with, you know, just different policy and legality based on what product you're selling and what state you're living in. And I think when it comes down to the medical side, especially also, obviously there's a big push for cannabis as medicine. We, you know, have kind of a saying that we reference a lot at restart called plants over pills. I know it's not something we came up with, but we really resonate with it of just, giving people this alternative. And it's not that medication is, you know, void or bad or doctors and traditional medicine is, is something to be frowned upon. It's just giving people this education and this talking point and arming them with information to ultimately make the best decision for them. And so as a marketer, when you are creating content or you are, I mean, gosh, marketing to me is not just social media and speaking at events. It's like, what is on your website? What is on the label of your product? You know, how are you communicating when a customer walks into your door? What is that experience that that person is having with your brand and your products? And so for me, again, kind of reflecting on, wow, I am being seen as this expert in this conversation, well, I don't think that I'm the keeper of truth by any means. And I always tell my customers, go do your own research. Like, yes, come to us. We're going to tell you as much as we know, but there's still so many opinions and thoughts. And until we have proper federal legalization for marijuana and cannabis at large, I think that whether you like full Delta nine THC or not. I don't want to also, you know, always explicitly assume everybody who likes hemp likes marijuana. I don't think that that's true by any means, but obviously they're very similar plants. They come from a similar plant family. And so we need better research. And while marijuana is being called a schedule one drug that prohibits proper research. And so thanks to hemp being federally legal, it has opened up the door for some of that, but we obviously still need more. So it comes down to, you know, We see new cannabinoids hitting the market, you know, every couple of weeks, sometimes every couple of days I hear about a new thing hitting the market. And so those new cannabinoids have research that needs to be done associated. Oftentimes it's anecdotally. um, And so we do kind of rely upon, again, those testimonials from customers who are, you know, I think... um, you and I were involved, obviously, this last um, legislative session, specifically dealing with like this Delta 8 ban. I know yeah. there's a lot of sentiment. Is Delta 8 good? Is Delta 8 bad? You know, kind of my perspective in two senses. There's good and bad of everything out there. You know, there's good and bad oranges. And so it's not that this thing should be pulled off the market because it's so, you know, good or bad. It just is one of those things like being mindful of where you're sourcing, uh, you know, how do you actually like dose these particular products? And again, it's a very fine line because we are bleeding that medical kind of, you know, consumer conversation, but, you know, making sure people are comfortable and confident and know what they're speaking about and what they're consuming and arming that consumer with information to say like, here's a new cannabinoid. There's maybe not a ton of research on it, but anecdotally, this is what we've learned from it being on the market. And so the more people that I think we, because we have a brick and mortar, get to have more real-time feedback from our customers. And so I really appreciate that and try to incorporate that into our, you know, growth as a brand of, hey, customers, especially when we're fighting for Delta 8, you know, you have the state kind of saying really strong words, like calling it an adulterant. Well, I have a a whole line of customers who tell me that they love taking Delta 8 over their, you know, opioid medication that gives them X, Y, and Z side effects and has caused so many other layers of addiction and, you know, just like drugs them out. And it's like really heartbreaking when you have someone come into your store and you have to have the conversation like, hey, this cannabinoid might 
go away? You know, how do you kind of arm them with information to be empowered to go have those conversations with their representatives, their state officials, et cetera? I mean, we are obviously to set the stage, we're in a very new industry. And despite the consumers driving the market, I always kind of reflect to, it's almost like we let the cat out of the bag and you cannot put the cat back in the bag. And so we kind of have to deal with what we're dealing with. Um, but I think that's where you see just so much disconnect from Delta eight. And how did it get here? It's like, well, now they're talking about Delta 10 and Delta 12. Yeah. And I don't know wow. if we fully know what the cannabinoid, you know, effects are of those particular cannabinoids yet, but that's where more research anecdotally, scientifically can for sure help that conversation. Well, and I think you bring up a good point is that there's new cannabinoids that are coming out every day. And I think that was one of our purposes of, you know, ensuring that these minor cannabinoids weren't banned during this past legislative session is because we don't necessarily want to set a precedence because the next conversation is, you know, stuff like Delta 10 or, or other minor cannabinoids that are out there. And we just want, I think you would agree that education, the component of education is so important so that even our legislators can understand that, you know, until Delta 9 becomes legal, we're still going to have to fight this battle into the future. And that's why we have people like yourself that are great at marketing, great at education, great at spitting facts for our consumers, our legislators and our industry as well. So, you know, I think you do an excellent job at all of those. And uh, I'd love to ask you a little bit more about your involvement. I know that you're involved on a federal and national level as well. Uh, more recently, if you could touch on that, I think that'd be great. Yeah, I think there's definitely like organizations that obviously exist to give some sort of parameters. Um, so from a Texas-based perspective, I definitely encourage people, I get asked a lot, you know, how do I get involved? And I think when I was just a consumer, getting involved maybe looked a little differently. Um, but I think now being in the industry, it doesn't look any different at all. I mean, these organizations are open to, I mean, yes, like Texas Hemp Coalition through your um, leadership and organization is very much geared towards the business community, kind of like anybody who wants to participate and kind of help be a part of that structure. But reflecting on like the conversation, anybody can follow Texas Hemp Coalition and learn and understand the information that you're putting together in terms of how do I contact my senators? You know, like what is the right timing to do these things? What are the right steps? And that isn't just reserved for those of us in the industry. Anybody can make those steps forward. And so kind of at a local level. Um, I think Normal is a really good organization. They obviously are national, but Texas Normal, especially being here in Austin, they're more on the marijuana side versus the hemp side, but they're very active and, and as well produce a lot of relevant information just to keep consumers kind of connected to that conversation. Um, and so there's definitely a few different like other local organizations. If you're, you know, specifically into the farming aspect, I know there's certain hemp growers associations and things like that, but then kind of, you know, transcending into a national perspective. I think probably the biggest one that I just recently joined is hemp industry association. They are kind of the leading hemp association from a federal level. Um, they recently kind of started pushing more for the cannabinoid council. So I just joined that council as one of those members. And so for me, it's really um, eye opening too, because you start realizing, I think once you get out of the Texas bubble, you realize like, oh, other states have been navigating and dealing with same, same, but different. Um, like I know here in Texas, probably last year for like timeline re reflection, we had the smokable ban be introduced. Well, North Carolina also went through a smokable ban last year. And so there were some similarities that we as constituents of the state of Texas could kind of learn and understand from these national organ or these um, 
other states kind of at a national level. And I think being part of national organizations and national conversations gives me a better purview to help bring about change both at a federal level as well as a state level. And again, I think on the subject of like, how do I get involved and like, how do I make change? You know, yes, it's really important to have this national understanding. And so if that's like a passion for yours or Really, I encourage anybody doing business in Texas, like to get out of Texas, at least from a education perspective and kind of pay attention to what's happening nationally, but you're going to make the most change in your backyard. So being able to be plugged into your local community and bring that information into, again, maybe you live in Austin, be a part of those local organizations that are really active in Austin. Maybe you're in Waco, maybe you're in Dallas. Like there's definitely subgroups. Maybe they're not cannabis specific. Maybe it's going to your local chamber of commerces. Maybe it's, you know, going and talking to your local police departments and officers and just building relationships so that we can start having these conversations in really open ways. I don't expect everybody that we interact with to completely like change their mind or change their spectrum, you know, overnight, but Again, I always stand by being a professional member of society and contributing to the conversation by being a sponge of knowledge. And so that's why it really is important for me to kind of have these high level conversations. And I would say from a non you know, professional organization perspective, probably the most rewarding thing that I've embarked on is just like launching my podcast because it's opened up these conversations for me to, you know, selfishly have with other business owners in other states. I mean, being able to talk to leading brands in Colorado who navigated when cannabis went from medicinal to recreation and you now have this whole new market opening up. I talked to one lady early on and she was talking about labeling. You know, the state has a right to come in and regulate how they see fit. I think we're learning that with Texas, with the Department of State Health Services, dishes as most of us call them. Um, and there's requirements when they kind of opened up the licensing program you had to change what was on your label to officially be qualified to be a license holder. And I think some people are like, oh, I hate when labels change, but being able to talk to this edible company in Colorado from a podcast perspective, she was sharing, you know, when Colorado went legal in 2014, labels changed so many times over the course of the first two years that they ended up bringing labeling in-house and investing in that equipment. So they had more control over that aspect of their, you know, production line. And so, you know, maybe you're a small business and you can't fathom, you know, buying this equipment and having it in-house. But again, for me, it just gave me that perspective and that foresight of like, wow, what are other businesses in like a same, same, but different scenario kind of navigating, whether it's happening federally, nationally, state to state, or even city to city and municipality to municipality, um, kind of bring that information again, back down to like, how do I make the most change and impact here in Texas? What can I do with my own brand? And kind of how do I not only disrupt it from what I'm bringing to market, but help others along the way, because I do believe the rising tide lifts all boats. I do believe that, you know, we all are reflecting. I mean, just speaking from a political perspective, you know, I know that we kind of ref reflected on this a little bit too, as well with this last legislative session, there are, Texas is a very conservative state. And so there are a lot of specific personalities that comes to cannabis that I think, you know, are maybe not always favorable. I'm not saying, you know, by any means, don't be the person like in a basement, like smoking a doobie, you know, like with a Rastafarian like flag. I have been that person in a version of her, you know, even though being a female, like I was that person in like high school, college to some extent, but like, I think, you know, you're going to catch more flies with honey. And so being really understanding and not being so resistant to, well, they just need to get on board with our way of thinking. And like, they need to just accept us the way we are. It's like, yes. And we're also trying to bring something to market that has had so much stigma around it. And we have to kind of right. 
show them that there is not just, you know, one type of cannabis consumer. There's a lot of types of cannabis consumers. There's a lot of people who like consuming cannabis and do not want to be high. I love those people. I love when I have a customer who comes in, who's like, listen, I've never touched marijuana, but you know, my daughter or so-and-so told me about your brands and CBD and I have X, Y, or Z ailment and they're curious and they're open-minded to it. And I have to, you know, kind of walk them through, you're not going to get high and you don't have to smoke it, but here's the spectrum of products. Here's the spectrum of cannabinoids here. You're shopping with a, a, a trusted quality brand. You know, we participate in these different organizations. We are a licensed holder here in the state of Texas from a retail perspective, you're building trust with these people. And so again, whether it's a customer walking through my door, um, a fellow business owner, or someone kind of from a policy or legislative perspective, we just, we want to help, you know, make them feel as comfortable as possible when navigating cannabis. And, and I have to respect that not everybody has the same outcome and expectations that I might have. Right. And you're such a wealth of knowledge. And I think you've helped so many individuals and business owners and people that are wanting to get into the hemp and cannabis space here in the state of Texas to know, you know, as retailers, you're going to have consumers that come in. They don't necessarily know what a CBD product is or, or, or they get high. I mean, I'm from conservative East Texas. I get it. Breaking the stigma over back home saying that I'm representing a hemp organization has been quite interesting. So I think people like you are really or what is helping our industry move forward into the future in a positive manner. And I love that you bring up, you. you know, it's not about getting maybe the legislators or the, the, all of our consumers to jump on board with us to live the lifestyle that we want to live. It's to find that common ground in between us to show that this could be a market that brings that we, we could bring to the state of Texas and it, it's going to take all of us. So I really appreciate you being on the podcast and Shada, where can everyone find you? Yeah. So my CBD company is restart CBD. We are on the web. You highlighted some of our social stuff, you know, on Instagram at restart CBD, youtube.com slash restart CBD. And then we do have a store here in Austin for anybody who wants to come shop with us right by um, the new FC stadium. We're off Burnett road and our information's all over the internet. And then me personally, my podcast is to be blunt pod on Instagram to be blunt anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And then myself at the shaded Trabi on Instagram. And like I started this, you know, conversation sharing, I really want to connect with people. I think that it's so important to build our community up by having genuine and honest like conversations. And so I always say it, you know, take me up on it, like slide into the DMs, add me on LinkedIn and come talk to me in the shop. I'd love to meet everybody and like it together. We're helping shape this community um, and moving things forward. One step at a time. So thank you. Of course, I couldn't agree more. Have a wonderful rest of your day and uh, we'll talk soon.